Greetings, listeners. You are listening to the Four Practices podcast. This is Father Pete Matthews from St. Patrick's Anglican Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and we are continuing our series entitled How to Be a Witness Without Being Weird, and today is part nine. It's entitled Share, and it's part of our um, kind of four-part series in the middle of our series, or not series, it's kind of the four-part section in the middle of the series where we talk about how to practically put being a witness into action. And as I said, this one's entitled SHARE. And if you remember, those those four things are based on an acronym called OPRS, or OPRS, OPRS, OIKOS, Pray, Relate, and Share. And OIKOS is um, our family, our friends, our coworkers, and neighbors who are not yet disciples of Jesus. And we're called to identify who they are and see them as our mission field. We are missionaries called to reach those people, number one. Number two, pray that we uh, uh, pray strategically around that oikos list and see the practice of prayer as essential and part of our work as missionaries, part of our work as being witnesses. And then relate. This is the key outward practice that we actually have to make room in our lives for the people on our Oikos list and cultivate our relationship with them so that through that, over time, by God's grace, they can be influenced to become disciples of Jesus. So the last thing that we, the the fourth or last part of this kind of four-part set of repeatable patterns that we can do to be consistent witnesses is share. And um, when I use the word share, I'm talking about the verbal part of being a witness, but I have a, a, a big picture view of what that is. So it could involve um, getting to a place with a friend where I explain to them the gospel and they respond in faith. Um, but I don't only mean that. I probably don't primarily mean that because I think uh, sharing the gospel, sharing the content of the gospel is something that's more dripped than poured and it happens over time. It's not usually a one-off thing. It's more like through our life and through many different interactions, we drip the gospel into people's lives. And it can come look like many different things. Um, most common, I think, it's more like a spiritual conversation where two friends um, are talking about a topic that either naturally comes up or one of them invites the other into that conversation. Um, and that can that can happen both ways. Sometimes the person is not if the disciple has questions and they're curious and they ask them and you have a great conversation. Sometimes the person who's a disciple recognizes the friendship's gone far so far they have the freedom to say, Hey, I just have you know, you know I'm into Jesus, I have a question for you. Um, but it happens naturally. It it flows out of the natural relationship. So in a lot of ways, just the kind of natural conversation of life. Um, there's a gospel dimension to it if I'm part of it because I'm a disciple of Jesus. Inevitably, who I am and what I'm about comes up. So let me talk about some just practical things around putting this um, this repeatable pattern of share into my life. Number one, I think the first thing we need to learn how to do is to um, be real about who we are. So from the beginning of a, of a friendship or with those who have known us long-term, um, 
we're just open and real about the fact that we're disciples of Jesus, and we let that out in just natural ways. Like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Well, we're going to go to the you know, the Blues Fest on the north side of Lexington on Saturday. And then, you know, Sunday, then we have church. And we, you know, we do church in the afternoon, so we're going to kind of relax in the morning, then we'll, we'll go off and go to church. That's it. But what have I just done? I've let someone know that church and Jesus is part of my life. It wasn't rude, wasn't obnoxious, didn't force a gospel conversation, but now that becomes part of our relationship. That's I've identified. And actually, that's really important as a point of integrity. And also, it's really important because then it makes, um, as our friendships unfold, if we have further conversation, it's it makes sense. It's not something that's forced later and someone thinks like we you know did a bait and switch on them. We're being real and authentic about who we are. So learning how to identify, maybe raise the flag that I'm a disciple is just really important. And I think it's a point of integrity as we seek to be witnesses for Jesus. Um, that's that's one thing. Second is, I think, um, to learn the art of spiritual conversation. And what I mean by that is just, um, you know, as I'm, as I'm with people, um, things come up. Hey, hey, don't you go to church? Now, what, what is it that, that this means? And someone asks a question, and you answer it. You don't have to take any further if it doesn't actually go any further. But because you're in, in proximity, because you're spending time together, conversations can come up. I think to learn how to listen, to learn how to respond, and just be okay with it going where it needs to go, naturally, that's the way the Lord works. The Lord is at work in that. Remember, the Holy Spirit's the first witness. He's at work. He's, excuse me, speaking into people's hearts and minds. I don't have to manipulate anything. I'm just present and I'm available for spiritual conversation. Those two things, I think, are the natural way we drip the gospel um, in our lives, just by being who we are and then just being open when spiritual conversations come up. But then there's some real concrete tools we can use as people uh, maybe get to a place where they want to explore. Um, One of the best ways I know to communicate the gospel is to actually share one of the gospels. Here's what I mean, and there's two ways, I think, to do it. You know, if people are curious about Jesus, then reading one or more of the Gospels is really the only way to find out about him. So I'll often encourage people, uh, you know, I had a friend who uh, is not religious, and we had a conversation once a few years ago, and I don't think he followed through on it, and I hope he'll get a chance to encourage him to do this again. But I just said, you know, you're you're sort of, you know, curious about Jesus and kind of the church, and you know, I think you owe it to yourself as a grown-up to read one of the Gospels. You know, most people haven't. And if they have a church background, they sort of heard flannel board, kid versions of Jesus. But I just would say, you know, start with one of the Gospels, pick one, and just introduce yourself to Jesus. I think you're going to be really surprised uh, what he's like. And you might not agree with all of it, but um, you can't walk away without being impacted. That's that's one way to do it. Another way is to invite people to read and talk about the gospel. Um, I've done this a few times in my life. Uh, not everyone's open to it, but sometimes people are. And what I usually do is, for example, pick like the gospel mark, and we just read a part of a chapter, maybe one story at a time. And I just ask, well, what do you think? That's it. I don't prepare a big Bible study. I just ask, what do you think? 
And then usually I get to say what I think. And we have a nice conversation and people get a chance to explore Jesus. And sometimes, you know, people will ask further questions and it leads to other conversation. That's a great way to share the gospel. Now, in, in the framework of OPRS, almost always that's something that happens down the road. Someone has to become curious and open and want to do that. And you can't force someone to do it. You can't manipulate it. Um, it just arises naturally um, in, in, in the friendship. And when I say arise naturally, let me, let me caveat that for a minute. I think it can arise naturally from us. We can invite people in. There comes a, a time in a relationship where there's enough trust that actually I think we can say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about getting a couple people together to have a, a discussion group about the life of Jesus. Would you be interested in being part of that? That can be a great way to invite people into that who are already in our oikos, who are already praying for, and we're already relating to. Um, so I just I think for me those are my two go to things because I I like people to actually encounter the Jesus who's in the Gospels. I believe the Gospels are sacred scripture, so they're inspired by the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit's going to work in them through that, and I think you know Jesus can kind of defend himself. Um, just, you know, let, let people deal with Jesus and ask questions of Jesus. I don't have to protect him. I don't have to explain him away or, or, you know, correct him and people can wrestle with that. And I think that's why the gospels partially were, were written so that there would be a, a place where people could come and learn Jesus. Another great tool to have in your toolbox is your own faith story and th- this is kind of a canned thing, and it can be done in a in a wooden canned way that's kind of uncomfortable. But just to 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 learn how to tell your own faith story, um, and and a great way to do that to kind of help you have that in your mind is to think of three parts: um, who I was before Jesus, how I met Jesus, how my life has changed since Jesus, and to take a word, find one word that captures each one of those categories. And, and then learn how to just tell that in a natural way so that if it comes up in your relationship in a way that's natural and real, you can talk about it. Now, let me say this. Some of us have a faith journey where we'd say, I grew up as a Christian. You know, I was baptized as a baby and I was taught to believe and I always believed. Well, that's your, your faith story. So take those three points and adjust them accordingly and just talk about you know, how you came to know Jesus. And you may say, for me, you know, I was taught it all the time as growing up, but as I grew up, I came to understand X, Y, Z about Jesus. And as an adult, this is how my life's been shaped by him. So it's not about making up a cool, you know, testimony to share at some rally to, to kind of wow people with how, how messed up you were and how better you are, are now. It's about your authentic, your authentic story of, of coming to Jesus. And just learning how to how to tell that in a couple of words. We might do a, a, an episode on just that and give more detailed tools around that, but that's really helpful. You know, and I think part of the reason it's helpful is it takes the the ideas of the gospel and even the, the, the stories from the gospels, and it says, well, here's a life in front of you that's followed this way, and this is what it has done for this life. So it becomes something real and concrete. Um, and then another thing is to learn how to, you know, have a gospel presentation you can share. Um, I think for most of us, we don't really need to have this. I think, you know, we know 
um, how we came to believe in Jesus. And we could probably explain that simply. Um, but there are some tools out there and they're useful. I, I do want to say, though, I, I think leading out with these kind of things are not helpful. Uh, there's always that you know story here of the the pastor on the plane who met someone and shared a gospel presentation and they convert in the moment. Those things really happen, and I've met people that have been the positive fruit of a story like that, but they're so rare. And, you know, leading out with a presentation creates this sort of salesperson context for your relationship with the people in your oikos. And that's just not cool. That's not Jesus-like. That's not how he did it. But there could come a place where a person, you know, is, um, you know, they're like, summarize this for me. Can you give me the, help me understand the heart of this. What's the key point to this whole Jesus thing? And having a way to share that can be helpful. I think another way to share is actually to invite people um, to church. And I should have said this under relate. I think one of the cool things to do when you're relating to people in your oikos is to get other people believers, other disciples, to be friends with them too and help them be car- become part of you know the church community in a, in a sort of informal or non-formal manner. So that if they become disciples, stepping into the full life of the church is real natural. Um, but so I think, you know, inviting people actually to church. Um, it is said that like what 75 or 80 percent of North Americans, um, if a friend invited them to church, would go with them once. Um, and you can you can turn that into a, we're going to try and invite people kind of thing, and we've done that at our church, and you know that can be a good thing. It's not it's not a bad thing, but really, you know those kind of kind of pushes to have like a special day invite people are all predicated on OPRS. They really only are fruitful if we're already in relationship. But you know sometimes when I'm with my friend and they're becoming spiritually open, and and frankly most of the people I know in my life where I live are people that are probably de-churched, that at one time were part of church, are probably baptized, and they need a renewal and a return to faith in Christ. Um, oftentimes just inviting folks to church is a great way to, to expose them to the content of the gospel. And in our setting, as an Anglican church, that means every Sunday that they come, they're going to they're gonna hear or maybe even say the creed. Boy, that's some great gospel content. If they're there for a baptism, there's a renewal of baptismal vows. And, you know, a couple of those vows are, do you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? And for some folks, man, the Holy Spirit could really use that to capture their heart and, and move them closer to Christ or even move them into, into a serious commitment as disciples. There's the preaching of the word. If they're baptized, they come to the sacrament. And, you know, that can be a, a converting kind of thing for those who already have received the sacrament of baptism. Um so in some ways, you know, what we do on Sundays in our context, it isn't meant to attract people who aren't disciples. It's meant to deploy already disciples to move into the world to be faithful witnesses for Jesus Christ as we pray every Sunday. But it doesn't mean when people are at a place where they're open, God can't use what we do on Sunday as a way to introduce people to Jesus. So that can be actually really a practical way. And a lot of people are pretty open if you're their friend to come, I, I've sure found that in my life. Um, so to share is is to get to the place where we talk about you know the content of the gospel, and and the heart of it. I think it's, it's well. It starts with just being faithful to to have integrity and identify in a natural way as a disciple of Jesus, so that people know who we are and where we're coming from. 
Two is to learn the art of spiritual conversation, just realizing that that gospeling or evangelizing is more like a drip from a sink than it is a a, a, a a shower from a water hose. It's little conversations over the long haul that influence. And then when it comes to concrete kind of sharing content, um, helping people just read or 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 have a conversation around one of the gospels or or all of them if they have the time over time. I think it's the very best way to introduce someone to Jesus when they're at a place where they want to explore and they have to be at a place where they want to explore. That's just one of the best ways to do it. And then learn how to tell my faith story and then some kind of simple gospel presentation. Um, and and then lastly, be open to invite people to church or maybe to, if not church worship, church events and connect to other people um, in your, uh, in your, in your church so they can, they can meet other people or disciples of Jesus. Okay. So let me let me review um, these last four episodes. Um, each one of these covers part of OPRS, OPRS. And OPRS is um, um, how we can put into practice being an intentional and consistent witness for Jesus Christ. It's how we put flesh on the prayer we pray every Sunday where we ask God to send us out into the world to do the work he's given us to do to be faithful witnesses of Jesus Christ. The first letter O stands for oikos, and oikos is our our natural, organic, relational network, our family, our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors, and it's those in that network who are not disciples of Jesus. And we need to identify that oikos and then own our identity as missionaries in the context of the oikos, that that's our God-given, through God's providential arrangement, each one of us have our God-given mission field. That's our oikos. Second P, we need to pray. We need to pray for our oikos and understand that praying is not preliminary to witness. It is witness. It's central. And it's one of the key ways we cooperate with the whole, with what the Holy Spirit's already doing in someone's life. And it's, it's power. It's critical and it's power in this whole process. Third is relate. This is the key outward-focused practice that we make room in our lives for those who are not yet disciples, those on our oikos who are not yet disciples, and we build in our calendar ways to make time with people, and we see that as just as much part of our church life as serving on the altar guild or with children's ministry, and we, it's not either or, it's both and. And, and we, we do it a little over the long haul. And then third is share. We learn how to actually uh, you know, identify as a disciple and through spiritual conversation, uh, natural spiritual conversation, drip the content of the gospel. And then we have some other tools that I you know, mentioned in the podcast about how we can, can help people who are ready to explore, to explore Jesus. That's it. Those are kind of the four key. Those are what I do in my life. I've been doing this for years. I was trained in this model, this pathway, um, you know, over 30 years ago. Um, I think it's biblical. I think uh, seeing your natural relational network as your mission field and then kind of uh, uh, ministering in that and, and around that is the New Testament model for personal witness and it's actually the model that's unfolded through the centuries. As I said in an earlier episode, um, 
a scholar, Alan Kreider, who, who passed away a few years ago, um, has done major research on this, and he shows how in the in the early four or five, six, seven centuries of church life, this is how the gospel spread. The gospel spreads through existing relationships um, within Oikos and from Oikos to Oikos, and that's how God has brought the gospel around the world. So that's how we're called to do it. Now, in the upcoming episodes, I'm going to talk about um, maybe questions that people ask me over the years or just some other helpful sort of insights that reinforce what we've talked about. But the key thing is is um, is OPRS, O-P-R-S, and putting those things into action. Okay, thanks. See you next time.